Hi. Okay. This is part 15. These are yaks. And today we're listening to whatever's on KUSC uh, through the miracle of something called the internet. Because obviously here in Goa, India, um, you know, the radio doesn't pick up the radio signals. Just turning it down. Hopefully there won't be too much, like, talking. There's no telethon today, so that's good. Okay, I'm going to get right to it. And ah, poor editor Edward. You saw the last one. That was a lot of editing. Today, zero editing. I'm really going to stick to that. All right. Picking up right where we left off. Soon after, Moltzer resigned from the club. The club, really, technically, is what it says. This caused consternation and lengthy debate at a meeting on June 1. All right. On receiving her letter of resignation, Emma Jung, the club's president had tried to persuade her to remain, to no avail. So had Adolf Keller. Emma Jung noticed that Moltzer had been critical of the club for some six to eight weeks, an antipathy that actually dated from the previous summer. Moltzer's letter criticized the intellectualism of the club. I mean, all right, I'll just keep reading. But when, when people criticize for intellectualism, it's kind of like, as opposed to what? Never mind, I'll just, you know, I mean, there's certain things where it's like if you're talking about, I guess maybe if you're talking about feelings and emotions. Honey, I want to talk to you about how I'm feeling. Well, how you're feeling is a result of synapses in your brain, which is ultimately physics. I guess there's a context in which it's not absurd to use intellectualism as a derogatory but usually not. You highfalutin educated... See, there I go using, using southern accent stereotypes when uh, caricaturing people who, um, who disregard you for being educated. You went to one of them liberal colleges, didn't you? Edward. Edward. All right. Is it too woke to defend uh, Southerners? Or not woke enough? I don't know. I, I, it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm being absurd, of course, obviously. I am aware of the original definition of woke uh, and then how it came into common usage outside of the African-American communities and then later how it's come to be used as a derogatory by assholes talking about um, 
performative wokeness. I'll admit that performative wokeness by corporations is a little bit... But it's kind of like better than it used to be, you know? Like, uh, well, obviously, you'll have to have chiseled features and uh, blonde hair. The Nazis kind of ruined the blonde hair thing. So the hero is always a brown-haired white male in post-World War II American cinema, right? Never mind. All right. Not always, obviously. Just 99%. I'll keep reading. I didn't come here to listen to me free associate. All right. Yes. Emma Jung noticed, noted that Mozart... Right. We already read that, Edward. Mm-hmm. The intellectualism of the club and the fact that it had been taken over by conflict over the question of types. Are we going to explain types or just make reference to it? Because it's been made reference to twice now without any explanation. While regretting her departure, Emma Jung did not feel that the reason Mozart offered for leaving were the real ones, the reasons. Martha Sig, with two G's, Martha Sig, suggested that Mozart had been influenced by her patience against the club, which Jung thought was probable. Emma or Carl? Some members thought that the reason for her withdrawal was the deficiency of her collective function. Is that a nice way of saying anti-intellectualism? Yeah, there you go. Anti-intellectualism is the thing you want to target as uh, something bad, right? Anyway, Sarah Barker, one of her analysons, analysons, there's a word, suggested, suggested that the fact that Mozart found the club, quote, so unanalytical that she could no longer give it her sanction and support, end quote. Too intellectual, not analytical enough. Okay. Um... Was a serious matter. She argued that it was a mistake to believe, as had been asserted, that, quote, her attitude had been influenced by countless resistances brought about by her patients, end quote. Barker noted that from uh, the outset, Moltzer had maintained that, quote, the club was not founded or conducted in accordance with analytical principles, end quote. In a letter of August 1, 1918, Moulter wrote to Bowditch Katz. Uh, I would say quote, but there's no quotes, just the margin change on the tiny font. So this is the letter from Moulter to Fanny. Yes, I resigned from the club. I could not live any longer in that atmosphere. I am glad I did. I mean, as a fellow person who's resigned from a club, then I can relate. I think that in time, when the club really shall become something, the club shall be thankful I did. My resignation, I'll say the, I'm sorry, 
my resignation has its silent effects. Silent, for it seems that it belongs to my path, that I openly don't get the recognition or the appreciation for what I do for the development of the whole analytic movement. I always work in the dark and alone. This is my fate and must be expected. I am alone. I am utterly alone. Winona Ryder, Beetlejuice, never mind. On October 19, Jung informed Lang that he, so we must be talking about Carl, I think when it says Jung by itself, we can safely guess that they mean Carl. Uh, yes, he, Jung informed Lang that he had fixed Moltzer as his assistant and broken off all connection with her. All right. She had accused him of exploiting her and not recognizing her independence. On his side, he felt that she was not capable of treating him as someone of equal standing and instead always regarded him as a little boy. Okay. He had evidently followed the advice of his soul regarding the white one. Jung's break with Moltzer was a significant turning point. He later recalled to Anila Jaffe, J-A-F-F-E, quote, I can say the air cleared when I showed the door to the Dutch woman who wanted to suggest to me that what I was making was art. And secondly, when I started to understand the mandala drawings, end quote. You remember, I remember the first time his soul spoke to him. That is art, her first words, talking about the work he was doing. Anyway... It was during, maybe he told her that and she repeated it. He's like, don't repeat things I tell you my soul said. It was during this period that a living idea, I, uh, when I posted, when I first got these, my friend Phoenix, I mean, Facebook friend, um, said something like, the shit that the gold came from. And now I'm kind of seeing what he meant. <laughs> The, the, you know, the, this, these, the black books, there's the gold. I haven't, I've flipped through it, but I haven't read it. And we'll get to it after we read all seven. This is the only one like this, by the way. That's what we've read. That's what we haven't read. But the rest of it is like the actual journal entries. And most of it is like scanned illustrations. And uh, then, excuse me, then uh, his impossible to read handwriting that's in Swiss or German, Swiss language? Anyway, um, uh, so anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then someone transcribed and, you know, wrote it in English. So that'll go by much more quickly and I'll be doing a lot of this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So... Something to look forward to. Where were we? Somewhere ridiculous. Uh, yes. He did not know. Mm, nope. Nope. 
It was during this period that a living idea of the self first came to Jung. He recalled to Anilva Jaff, Jaffe, quote, it is in accordance with the microcosmic nature of the soul. And it seems to me like the monad, which I am, and which my, is my world, period. The mandala represents this self. He did not know where this process was leading, but he began to grasp, no, to grasp the, that the mandala represented the goal of the process. Quote, only when I began to paint the mandalas did I see that all the paths I took, all the steps I made, all led back to the one point. Oh, good, there's a point, sorry, that is to the center. The mandala became the expression of all paths. End quote. Moltzer continued to live and work in Zollickerberg. Zollickerberg, I hardly know her, and maintained her friendship with Lang. Years later, a rapprochement was attempted with Lang and Moltzer, inviting Jung for a meeting. Jung thanked Lang for their invitation, but declined it. Quote, I know that one could look back with regrets or a certain longing on those unconscious times which were still pregnant with the future. But those times have since given birth. The covers are torn and new realities have come into being whose immediacy does not allow me to look backward. I was hoping there would be like a few more graphic birth metaphors. Nothing from the past can be brought back unless it has been reborn in a creative life, end quote. And further, the afterbirth, just kidding. That's the end of the section called... something, uh, the emergence of fanes. All right. It started out with fanes and ended with this whole Mozart drama. Scrutinies. There are indications that Jung discussed the material from his self-experimentation self with colleagues. In March 1918, he wrote to Lang who had sent him some of his own fantasies. As this is the quote. Um, yeah, I guess this is Jung writing the Lang. As you have observed correctly yourself, it is very important to experience the contents of the unconscious before forming any opinions about it. I very much agree with you that we have to grapple with the knowledge, content of Gnosticism and Neoplatonism. These are the systems that contain the materials which are destined to become the foundation of a theory of the unconscious. 
I've been working on this myself for quite some time and also have had ample opportunity to compare my experiences, at least partially, with those of other people. That's why I was very pleased to hear pretty much the same opinions from you. I am glad that all on your own you have discovered this area of work waiting to be tackled. Up to now, I lacked any co-workers, and I am happy that you want to join forces with me. I consider it very important that you extradite your own material in an unbiased way from the unconscious as carefully as possible. My own material is very voluminous, very complicated, and in part, I've worked it through up to almost complete, very vivid clarifications. Uh, yes, about those very vivid clarifications. Um, here we are. But what's completely missing in modern material is modern material to compare it with. <clears throat> Zarathustra has been formed too consciously. May Rink touches the material in an aesthetic way. Furthermore, I feel he is lacking in religious sincerity. End of his letter. Back to Sony. During, <clears throat> during this period, Jung continued transcribing the draft into Liber Novus and adding paintings. After 1918, the fantasies in the black books became more intermittent. The draft of the first two sections of Liber Novus had contained fantasies from October 13, 1913 to February 1914. In the winter of 1917, Jung wrote a fresh manuscript called Scrutinies, which began where he had left off. In this, he transcribed fantasies from April 1914 through June 1916. He included the sermones, the sermons, the sermones, sermon, sermons with an E-S, so sermones. Never mind. Now, with commentaries on each by Philemon. Philemon indicated that his teaching compensated or made up for what the dead lacked. A lot, right? <laughs> Sorry. Through providing precisely those conceptions which they needed in scrutinies, there is no clear separation between a first layer of fantasies and a second layer of commentary, and the text is not formally divided into distinct chapters. Here and there, Jung added some passages linking the fantasies to paragraphs that depicted his subsequent understanding of their significance. <clears throat> the realization of the significance of the self is portrayed in scrutinies, on September 18, 1915, Jung wrote, quote, Through uniting with the self, we reach the God. 
capital G, end quote. In the autumn of, I mean, okay, I mean, okay, you, I mean, okay, uniting with the self, who's uniting with the self? The self? Sorry. In the autumn of 1917, he added, quote, I must say this not with reference to the opinions of the ancients or to that authority or that authority, but because I have experienced it. Quote, end quote. This unshakable experience was nothing less than the experience of God. Quote, the self is not God although we reach the God through the self, end quote. He realized that he had to serve the self, and that this service was also service of God and of mankind. At the same time, he had to free his self from God, since, quote, the God I experienced is more than love. He is also hate. He is more than beauty. He is also the abomination. He is more than wisdom. He is also meaninglessness. He is more than power. He is also powerlessness. He is more than omnipresence. He is also my creature. End quote. This description of Jung's experience of God corresponds to the vision of Abraxas in the Sermones. Sermones. The realization of the significance of the self for Jung was not only a conceptual but also an experiential matter. Jung had some powerful experiences on June 27, 1917. He wrote to Emma Jung that three days prior he was on Pointe de Croix, uh, parentheses, a mountain just northwest of Chateaudo, and parentheses, quote, it was a glorious day. On the summit, I had a wonderful, ecstatic feeling. Last evening, I had a most remarkable mystical experience, a feeling of connection of many millennia. It was like a transfiguration. Today, I'm probably going down to hell again for this. I want to cling to you since you are my center, a symbol of the human, a protection against all daimones, end quote. Uh, this letter underscores the centrality of Emma Yule in his life. <clears throat> Pausing, I think. We'll see how long it takes me. Um, I just want to take a moment and once and for all, I know it was like a vocab word back in high school, <clears throat> but I want to know the difference between the Greek daimons and this daimons. 
Okay. Daemons are lesser divinities or spirits, often personifications of abstract concepts, being of the same nature as both mortals and deities, similar to ghosts. Three dots. Enough for me. Okay. D-A-E. So that was D-A-I-M-O-N-S. Now D-A-E. An ancient, in ancient Greek belief, a divinity or supernatural being of a nature between gods and humans. I'm thinking that's the same thing, right? All right. I mean, I kind of thought that with an A-I it was the same as with an A-E, but the A-E is the ancient Greek word and the A-I is presumably an English word that um, Carl Jung is using. And then, of course, demons. Just D-E-M-O-N-S. <clears throat> I mean, we all know demon, an evil spirit. Okay. And then um, one last one. Uh, of course, we mustn't forget. Oh, the internet connection. Yes, there, there we go. There we go. Uh-huh. If you have no idea what I'm talking about here, you, you should just just go watch Vampire Diaries right now. I know it seems silly. I know you're too old for that crap, and you're more of a interview with the vampire generation, and, and you weren't interested in Twilight, and you're certainly not interested in some Twilight knockoff TV series. But I'll have you know that the Vampire Diaries books started being written before the Twilight books. So if anybody ripped off anybody, Twilight ripped off Vampire Diaries and Vampire Diaries, I think is a lot better than Twilight. Oh, I said it. I said it. Um, is it as good as Interview with the Vampire? <sighs> no. But it definitely has a substantially less pedophilia unless you count the fact that there's a 150-year-old man dating a 16-year-old girl. Or maybe she's 17. But they both look like they're 17. So it's okay. Right? That's how that works. Um, <clears throat> the other thing I wanted to mention, I didn't want to start off with this, but you remember last time I was doing all my self-promoting and uh, I said I was going to bring over the books that weren't in the bookshop behind me, and I did. I think this is all the, the ones that I haven't already showed you. This was my first published book. It's very short, 47 pages, but I really like this one. I think it's underappreciated. That's just me. So then um, in the, about the author, I wrote, oh, well, he's written numerous short stories. But then I realized all my short stories are like in this drawer. So I put together a lot of my old short stories and into the small green house. And then I found several more. So I uh, put them together into smaller mouse. And uh, so that's how that got started. But a lot of those short stories took place in either the New World Empire universe or the interdimensional coffee house universe, which I which were tied together in that the interdimensional coffee house was 
in the New World Empire, but as like a side note. And then like over 10 years after I finished, basically finished writing uh, the New World Empire, I decided to do something with the New World Empire, with the Interdimensional Coffee House. And so in the mouse books, there's just sort of like highlight highlights from bits, scenes from that conglomeration of stories. And so then what I did after all that was I took everything that was missing, all the stuff that weren't highlights, basically, um, to tie it all together. So the multiverse cartographer is known on the Amazon reviews to be very confusing because it's missing a lot of pieces because the pieces it's missing are in the mouse books. Hence why I put, put, put all three together with the bonus material in the book called The New World Empire and the Interdimensional Coffee House. Okay, enough about that. Um, this is my dad's book that he never published, Transformations, obviously at least partially inspired by Jung, since Jung wrote that book that had transformations in it and always talked about transformations. So, so yeah, so this was when I, because when my dad put it together, he, he made a few copies. I ended up with three of them, but he didn't publish it. He gave, gave them out to a few of his friends. And then I read it when I, after he died when I was 16 and I was like blown away. And uh, so I published it like two years ago. And just uh, last year or this year, I decided to take a photograph I had taken when I was hiking up in the Himalayas in Nepal on the way up to Annapurna base camp. And uh, so if you go on Amazon and you search for uh, John Dan Reed and uh, Transformations and you order yourself a copy, I think it's like four bucks. I literally made it as cheap as possible because I'm not in, in it for the money. I, I just want my dad's book to be read by anybody who wants it. Transformations by John Denry, 1976. It's worth it. Um, and then, of course, Sonnet 1 and uh, the sequel. This one, you might need a magnifying glass. I mean, old poetry books, um, you know, tend to have this tiny font. And in order to fit the sonnets in here, I uh, made it tiny. So this one is a bit pricier because the color... Why? I don't know. In the original GW Basic program, every sonnet has its own unique color uh, palette. And so I represent that in here. So it's a big, thick book of thousands of sonnets all in color. So this book is, I don't know how much, at least 30 bucks. But this one is cheaper. Uh, nice yellow paper, off-white, black and white. I, I can almost read it. <clears throat> Sonnet number uh, 2760. It's called Arrow Penitent by Sniffs Spaciously. See, they're all by Sonnet 1. Um, but, uh, yeah. Um, As a fist sniffs a giraffe with the sky, the objective tights want, want traditionally inside of a pawn. The most reflective flame squeezes subtly regardless of a fly. Friendly buildings undress quickly beyond the lawn. Freakily, the star touches indecently down a fist. 
The smelly zone burns arguably from a stone. That's a good one. Uh, capitalist flowers fade calmly over a mist. An artistic understanding stirs bleakly underneath a moan. Furiously, the pens speak strangely from a shovel as the lanyard revolts unto some bananas. Cold representatives twist artfully under a bubble. A sometimes punk moseys freakishly through my pajamas. As a leaf stings an actress with a hen, the most artistic ankle receives childishly throughout a pen. So that's from 1001 More Computer Generated Sonnets, which I threw together in like an afternoon. Um, and uh, when uh, ChatGPT started making the news, I decided it would be a good time to publish a sequel to Sonic 1 that was a little more affordable. So there you have it. Those are the books I didn't mention last time. And we've gone over our half hour mark. So thank you for sitting all the way through this. And uh, we'll pick up where we left off next time. <laughs>